listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday morning. And I'm really, really excited to welcome back on the program Karen Ko for this week's Agenda Cafe. Karen, it's been so long. How are you doing? I know. It's been, uh, what, more than a year. It wasn't that I didn't want to do the show. I was just not here. I was far away. But it's never too late. So we're launching our season in November. Why not? Exactly. I think that was the, I think when we first launched the Agenda Cafe, wow, five years ago, six years ago, it was November because yeah, we actually, covered, right. yeah, we covered um, uh, the, the presidential elections and we were talking about female leaders. That was our, our first program. Wow. Good memory, Noz. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it was a long time ago. So let's pretend we're back and uh, doing that again. Again. So today we're actually, we've actually got this interesting topic. We're talking about coping with the empty nest. Now I know you, Noreen, are very, very far from being an empty nest because <laughs> you have little kids, but it's going to happen one day. So you know you can get all these tips now. So when you think about it, if you're an adult, at some point you left home and you probably felt great about it. You've probably felt, wow, I have freedom, I have independence, I can live by my own rules, I don't have my mom and dad around telling me what I can and can't do. But you probably never thought about how that made your parents feel. As a parent, it's actually, it can be quite a devastating change when your last child leaves home. Because first of all, you are no longer the center of their world. You know, you're replaced by roommates, colleagues, friends, um, university uh, mentors and other people. And it's one of the biggest milestones for a family when you think about it, but it's not something we actually really prepare for as parents. We just sort of spend all our time preparing the kid for what's coming next, and we, we don't spend any time preparing ourselves. So today we're going to both hear some personal stories about what some of those impacts can be and also how to cope with them uh, with our guests. So I'm delighted that we're joined today by two lovely guests, Odette Umali, and Odette is the founder of Gordon Parenting. She's a parent effectiveness trainer who instructs parents on how to raise calm, compassionate and connected children. And Odette's also the mother of a 23-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old son who are both no longer at home. Welcome to the show, Odette. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. And we also are joined by my good friend Eileen Levy. And Eileen has been in Hong Kong a very long time. She's worked with a range of nonprofits in Hong Kong, and she's the former chair of the American Club Foundation. She's also the mother of two sons, and her youngest left home after graduating from high school uh, here in, in 2017. So Eileen, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. So Eileen, I thought maybe we could start with you. Can you just tell us your sort of empty nest story? Because for you, I think it was really quite transformative. Oh, it definitely was. Um, you know, from the time that my children were born, I was very actively involved in their life from being, you know, class parent and teen parent to even when they signed up for karate in New York, they were four and five years old and they were offering a free one month class for moms in a woman's class. Like, oh, I have to do that so I can help them if they, you know, need have questions. And you know, I, I started doing that. And then the next thing you know, you know, years later, I'm testing for black belt with my son. And then I go on to teach karate and being known as Sensei Eileen. And um, so when we moved to Hong Kong in 2009, that pattern didn't change. I, you know, went as I, you know, because our boys played soccer together, you know, I was on the sidelines as team parent and then, you know, got involved with the with uh, HKS as booster club president. And so, 
I immersed myself in the life of the stay-at-home mom and loved every second of it. But in 2017, when my younger son graduated, all of my identity was gone. You know, how am I a stay-at-home mom if I don't have any children at home? And, you know, my role at the school was completely suddenly over because I no longer had children at the school. So while I'll say it wasn't catastrophic, it definitely... And you prepare for it. You know it's coming. And like you said, you, you, I think you spend more time getting the child ready. Um, but I, I don't think I realize the impact of my identity. And um, so I definitely felt a sense of loss and a felt sense of mourning. And I was talking to a friend who gave me some really good advice. She said, you know, she shared with me a theory of transition. And she said, um, there are three stages of transition. And the first stage Picture a tree in the fall and it's losing its leaves and it's a sense of loss and you're mourning something and it's very real. And to feel that, which gave me permission to be sad that they were gone and, and that I needed to figure this out. Right. And then the next phase was a tree in the winter and that goes um, it hibernates and it goes within itself to dig down and get strength from its roots and that allowed me to have permission to not have an answer when people say, oh, what are you going to do now? You know, because everybody wanted to know. I wanted to know. And mm -hmm. so it gave me a time to pause and just try new things. And then, as you can imagine, the last phase is a tree in the spring and it's blossoming and it's new beginnings. And so I, I realized that, you know, this was going to take work and it wasn't going to happen unless I made it happen. So. Um, I threw myself into everything and tried to follow my curiosity and see what I liked. And as you mentioned, I, I did a lot of work with nonprofits. So I decided to go back to school and found a course. I got a certificate in nonprofit management and, um, you know, just tried everything that, you know, that, that, that role eventually, you know, made me realize that I love working in the nonprofit world. And I volunteered with a lot of different organizations and then, became involved with the American Club Foundation and was served on their board as chair for three years. That's so, fantastic. So you did yeah. find your way after going through that sort of mourning period. Um, and if you if you were to do it yeah. again, do you think there would have been a way that you could have been better prepared? You know, I've been, I've been thinking about that. I'm not usually one to look back and have regrets. And I think I really embraced and loved every minute of what I was doing. Um, I think that, no, I, I think, I don't know. I think at that time I I'd identified by my roles as a mother and as a, as a wife. And, and I think I had kind of um, lost contact with myself and who I was and who, who, you know, what I like to do. And so when I started exploring things, I found things like I was on your show once before to talk about wild at art. Um, and it was just following your curiosity. Like I, there was thing popped up on my Facebook, wild at art, wild at art, take these art classes. And I'm like, I'm not creative. I haven't done art since I was in grade school. And I said, all right, but it keeps popping up. So let me see what that's about. And I, I learned there to, to express myself in color and to kind of dig deep and, and, find my inner voice. Um, and that really, really helped me to take some time to get to know myself. And now I've been going like every week for what, four years now. <laughs> so. 
We heard Eileen's story. Uh, we're also live this morning on Facebook as well. I'd love for our listeners to join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. We're talking about Empty Nest. Um, Odette, what, what's your story? Uh, this is quite new to you. You're a, a, a new Empty Nester. i got to say, for, for lack of a, a better term, it's not such an... It doesn't sound so nice, but I couldn't find another interchangeable term. But um, yeah, for lack of a better word, you're a new Empty Nester. What's your story? Yeah, in my case, um, we just dropped off our, our son in college three months ago. But I feel like um, in between missing my favorite son because I have a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But then at the same time, I feel mature with the experiences that I went through with them for 18 years. So I have a 23-year-old daughter who's also based abroad and now working. At the same time, I feel youthful because I feel I'm open to new adventures. So I, I, it is just about the process that I appreciated in the way that I was trying to reflect youthful because I feel that I'm looking forward and excited about new things that are in store. So I, I think empty nesting is, is depending on how you react, you know, when you want to clarify some definitions as well. Empty nest refers to when your kids left left for school or for college or for work or marrying actually it's also a combination right when you say empty nest but empty nest could be also with a syndrome or without so it is really about really understanding and categorizing because some are having syndromes just like what Eileen had they had she had an emotional turmoil and 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 which means the kids are growing up and you're you're losing your identity but you could also think about you know, you, you get to be very busy with your projects, your work, so you don't get, go through that syndrome. And um, I think most men and most dads don't go through that. It's, it's based on research that most women go through this emotional turmoil. But as, as I've also experienced, I had a, a friend and a dad in the class who's, who had a very difficult time to adjust. She, he was more emotional than his wife when his only daughter, their only daughter left for college and, and that moving date for college was near and he was like emotional during uh, during the moving in and when they got back to Hong Kong as only husband and wife without their child, he was really even more devastated. So I think the syndrome affects people in different ways. Single moms are also coping it in different way. Stay home moms or stay home dads who dedicated their, you know, their time to, to taking care of their children. So I think it's, it's very interesting to be surrounded with different kinds of, of uh, experiences. And, and, and we also learn from them with this exchange of insights. And thank you for sharing, Eileen, from your perspective. Too. Yeah. yeah. There's so many I'm, questions I w- wanted to ask. But before um, we're going to, I just want to ask, since your daughter um, is 23 and she left earlier, did it feel different, Odette, when your daughter left as compared to your son left? I mean, was it really empty, empty when your son left? Or, you know, or did it sort of, did your daughter leaving sort of prepare you a little bit? Because you also missed her. Yes, but the, having another child is, is different, right? But if the last child leaves, that's when you really feel that there's, there, there has to be some change with yeah. yourself and also the family routine. So... I think that's that's the pressure. What what is it going to be like? You know, there was this time when I wanted to come home early because I wanted to be around for dinner, but I realized my son's not around anymore. So that sort of kind of 
the pressure to change your daily routine and habits. So you'll have to realize that your grocery list is going to be shortened and I'm spending less time in the meat area because, you know, we used to feed our kids <laughs> lots of <laughs> protein. <laughs> you know, I, I went through the same thing because, you know, for me, I had our eldest leave first and then the last two leave at once. Mm-hmm. And of course, the last year of their, of high school is so busy. It's so much going on, whether it's, you know, college um, applications and, you know, what are you doing next? Where are you going to go? Then all that preparation. So you, you become sucked into this vortex of busyness with them and then suddenly they're gone. And Odette, I had the same thing. I think our grocery bill went down by 70% because yes. we just didn't have to buy so much food. And and our petrol bill went down by 98% because we weren't <laughs> driving to school every day. You know, it's like now we're only using the car like twice a week. And those mm-hmm. things, you're like, wow, you realize how much of an impact just day to day your kids have on so many different things. And when they're suddenly not there anymore, there's there's definitely... A, a big change and especially since you go from being so preoccupied with them to them you know especially I, and I think especially those first few months um, if they go to college they don't really talk to you except when they need money because <laughs> they're in a new world it's exciting and meeting new people they've got parties to go to they've got classes they're exploring their new area and mum mm-hmm. and dad are like far away in another time zone I'm sure they're fine. Karen, so, what's your story? Because, of course, you've got, you know, the eldest and you've got twin boys uh, after that. So it was not just one person leaving. It was both. So, you know, when our eldest left, it was not so bad because we still had two more at home, which was like, you know, quite, quite manageable. Sayonara. And, and- pretty nice (laughs) and so it it just became a bit more complicated because even though your kids for example go to college they have a calendar that you still follow so then it was you know does that match up with the school calendar that we're still following in Hong Kong for things like family holidays and then once the twins left again you know we're still in that mode of having some kind of structure you know with with university because they have semesters and they have holidays so you can plan family holidays for example at christmas or you can spend the summer together and things things like that and now all of my kids are working it's very different because you you just sort of have to say okay what's your schedule like there is no more control and not that we expect to have any control but it's really up to them to decide how much time they can spend with you and they definitely make an effort but they're all overseas so there has to be travel involved um but i find that actually now they're very connected you know we we talk to them a lot we will be able to see them you know this christmas my three boys actually took a trip together to see their grandmother in june so they made the effort i encourage them to do that they all went to australia together for um, 10 days to visit my mum, which was lovely. So so I do think that when they get older, they do appreciate everything that their parents do for them <laughs> and, then, and they do make an effort. So again, it, I mean, everyone has a different relationship. Um, but I think for me, I was, I was quite mentally 
prepared. Like I could see it coming. And so I started to do some new things so that I wouldn't be, especially in the summer, because I spend the summer in the US, I knew they wouldn't be around anymore. So I didn't want to sit there twiddling my thumbs. So I I, I did some things so, so that I would have my own activities. So I think maybe that's something that people who are, are approaching that time can think about doing, you know, find a new activity or hobby that will keep you busy as a person because your kids may not be around or they may have a girlfriend who they want to spend time with or a boyfriend or they may have a summer job. One, one minute left, Karen, would you have done anything differently? You, you put that to, to Eileen earlier. Would you do anything <laughs> differently? <laughs> um, actually, actually, no. I think I, I think I was very... I tried to kind of sit back and visualize myself like the following year, what it would be like, how much I w- we would see our kids and what would I do, you know, all summer if they weren't there. So I think I, I think I did a pretty good job in. In terms of, of finding new hobbies and yes, keeping yourself exactly. busy. That was, that was the year I started teaching stand-up paddleboard in the summer. So that kept, kept me very busy and it gave me something to do a few times a week. Um, and, you know, prevented me from sitting there going, Oh, when are you coming to see us? So yeah, I, I was very kind of, I really tried to come out of myself and look at myself objectively and think, what do I need to do to keep, you know, to stay busy and occupied with something that I enjoy. Yeah, well, we're just coming up to the 11.30 news. There's there's still so much to talk about. We talked a little bit about the identity crisis or sort of questioning our roles as mothers, as parents. Um, perhaps after the news, we can touch on uh, the impact of, of dads and, and just from your observations. And also, how does it change a relationship between mom and dad when you sort of take out the children? Um, so we'll return to this very uh, interesting chat on the Agenda Cafe after the 11.30 news. Welcome back. You're listening to the Agenda Cafe this Friday morning on Brunch with Noreen. Uh, I'm Karen Ko. We've got Noreen Mir co-hosting and our two lovely guests, Odette Umali, who is a parent effectiveness training instructor and an empty nester, and Eileen Levy, who's worked with a range of nonprofits here in Hong Kong, also an empty nester. If you haven't guessed by now, our topic is coping with the empty nest. And we're also on Facebook Live, so go over to Noreen's Facebook page, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3, and you can see our empty nest faces as well as hear us. So we talked about how each of us were affected uh, before the break. What about how it affects your relationship, your your marriage? Because when you think about it, kids are a great buffer for many, many years. <laughs> they they have, They give parents something to focus on that's not about themselves you you know your relationship with your partner Um, they keep you extremely busy and honestly after many years a lot of it is a lot of the conversations you have revolve around the logistics of managing the family when though when the kids are suddenly gone and you're just a couple again it's different. I mean, you're not, you know, newlyweds anymore. You've been through a lot of stuff. Um, how did you find it, Eileen, once once your kids left? Yeah, it's a great question, I think. And also added to that um, was COVID. So now now you're alone in your house all day with, with your spouse because there's no more travel. 
Um, it definitely took a toll on it. Like you said, I think we were both so focused, you know, with, you know, jobs or what we're doing in our day to day and focused on the children. And um, we definitely had to take a look and say, hey, we don't really have anything in common that we do together because we were so supportive of each other doing, you know, whatever we you know needed to do, wanted to do, whether that was sports or, you know, activities. And um, we had to reconnect, definitely, and and find things to do together. So if, we, if we're going back for the advice thing, I would say definitely keep up a date night and, and make time together as, you know, as you go through your marriage, as your children are there, you know, to time to connect where you're going out to meals and not talking about the children, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks oh, for that tip. Yes. I'll make a note <laughs> of that. My, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Noreen, you better yeah. go out tonight. <laughs> so, so in my case, um, I was able to uh, get to practice the PET skills, which we call one-to-one time. So this is the concept that we share with parents. And I thought the reason why I was teaching it to parents is because I wanted to apply it also to my own life with my spouse. So the only way to learn how to do it is to teach it with others. So that's the reason why I was motivated to share it with other parents. But it really helped us redefine our family because in the first uh, I would say in the first uh, decade of our marriage, we were focusing on the child. It was a child-centric, but we felt like there was not a balance. And I felt undernourished with really, with my emotional needs. And I thought um, the focus of my husband also for the career and all. So we kind of redefined that relationship while I was learning PET and teaching it. So that helped me um, reevaluate that we need to do more of one-to-one time and divide it with our activity time as a family and our alone time was also honored. So, so the one-to-one -one time with my spouse, with my husband, we begin to, we, we started enjoying our own routine together. We would hike together, we'd go out together, we'd do things together without children and with other couples who, who also are supportive of our marriage, of our relationship. So we had that set in the calendar as a regular thing so it was actively done and um there were date nights there were also travels without kids and when we were out on dates we will try to limit our conversation to 15 minutes about kids but anything else would have to be adult relationship and not being responsible you know it's just just us i think that's that that helped uh in in, in nourishing that important relationship because um i i experience and witness also that there are some uh, marriages now who are just waiting for kids to leave because their relationship with their spouse is deteriorating so it's also showing that um, research says that you have to repair that now before kids leave otherwise you, you you won't be having anything with your spouse. So so that's also a red flag, I think, to, to families. Wow, I'm, I'm booking that dinner tonight. I think I need to reconnect <laughs> with, with Andy. Yeah. I mean, the trouble is we have, I mean, not the trouble. I mean, we've got three very young children, five, three, and seven months. So we're really tired all the time. And so we're just hanging out, um, watching Netflix. And it's great. We love spending time together. And when we do go out, because I suppose I've just been childbearing for so many years now yeah. and working 
interesting. So now Andy's developed this hobby in classic cars, and he loves talking to me about the classic cars, but I'm not as interested in it. So what happens when you sort of go off and develop your own hobbies, and the other spouse likes to talk about their hobbies? I mean, do you pretend to be interested, or you know? Because the truth is, you develop different hobbies. How do you reunite once again and find common ground? Gosh, I feel like this has turned into a therapy session. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I think you're totally right, Noreen. And and Odette, I think what you said about restricting the time that you spend talking about your kids is really important because you can have a whole dinner and do nothing but talk about your kids. And then Mm. it's like, okay, well, what was the point of that? (laughs) um, and, And I think it's true over these years, you do develop your own interests and hobbies which is great because you know everybody needs that as an individual and and then sometimes yeah you you don't where have is any, the common ground again yeah you, you don't have anything you like to do together yes. so it, it it is a it is tricky it's not that easy to sort of reconnect because when you think about when you first you know fell in love with someone you were i attracted. pretended i was interested in the classic cars <laughs> Right. You, you're much more compromising, right? You're, 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 you're willing to say, I don't really like that, but because it makes him happy, I'll go along with it. Whereas now you're like, I don't like it. I'm not going to waste my time doing it. Life is too short. So mm-hmm. maybe it's also finding a, a few things that you both like enough that mm-hmm. you'll do them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think one of you know, one thing that usually everybody likes is food. So even just exploring new restaurants, it sounds so lame. But, no, but no, no. and fun. finding comedy as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. uh, I think sometimes when you reconnect by watching TV shows and discussing the themes or I'm not saying a book club, but, you know, something like that when you yeah. are sort of watch something and, and doing something together and just discuss the outcomes. Oh, gosh. I yeah, sound... And it doesn't have to be too heavy, right? Yeah, absolutely. It can just be right. I think also just being in the moment, right? Being there, undivided attention together. You know, we can have just both be sitting on the couch and doing a crossword puzzle or even reading our own books, but we're sitting together and, you know, maybe, you know, my arms touching him and, you know, or our legs, you know, and it, it's just in that moment we are there together you know with each other and it we don't have to it doesn't have to be something grandiose and you know uh, deliberate because there are going to be the things that we still like to do that you know that the other one doesn't yeah i mean you don't you don't have to make a trip to antarctica to make it (laughs) actually eileen i wanted to ask you something because your youngest son is actually back at home right so you're you're an empty nester who's now got someone back in the nest. But it, is it different? And how is it different? Oh, it's very different. Um, well, it should be very different, except when I fall back into my my mom ways of, you know, nagging <laughs> and reminding. I mean, he he uh, he's an adult. Yeah, now. You know, what? He's an adult now. He's an adult now. He, he um, after he graduated from university, he got a fantastic job opportunity in Hong Kong. So he moved back and and said the only thing that he knew for sure when he was graduating is he did not want to move back to Hong Kong and he did not want to live with his parents, and yet he did. <laughs> so, um, and he's he's been here for a year. He'll move out next month because uh, you know it's, it's time and and we're going to be leaving Hong Kong. But uh, he. Um, you know, he makes his own money, right? So he doesn't need, he doesn't ask for money, he doesn't spend, you know, our money and um, makes his own plans. And a lot of times we could go a whole week and I haven't really seen him because, um, 
it's a different thing. Like, I, you know, I don't say what time are you going to be home tonight? What, you know, where are you going? Cause he's not going to necessarily answer me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? It's, it's wonderful having him home. It's, you know, that's another thing that they don't really teach you is how to transition your relationship to parent adult children. And I don't know if you, if Odette and, and Karen, if you feel the same way, it's a, it's a different thing because you go to be more like friends, you know, in, in some kind of sense. Right. Um, you know, like my son plays softball with my husband in his uh, in the men's league on Saturdays, something he picked up from when he played ball in high school. And I have to say it is the, their favorite day of the week. Both of them. They can't wait till till Saturday. And and they're like the best of friends and they do that. So it, it's really hard for my husband um, when when Josh had left to go to school. And then even now when we're going to be leaving, because they're going to both miss that moment. You know, I I see that relationship is different. They listen to the same music. They, you know, play video games together, watch the same TV shows. And so it's nice to see that the relationship kind of um, transitions. But I I do, I think we can all say that when your children leave home and especially when they leave to go to another country, anytime you get together is just, you know, precious. And I don't take that for granted. So, um I'm not sure if he likes it, but I hug him every chance I get because he's here. <laughs> yeah. um, we are on Facebook this morning. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 and Angela has written in and said, such a brilliant conversation, insightful at every stage of maintaining relationship with spouse while parenting. Well, I got to say, shout out to Angela for suggesting such a wonderful topic uh, for us. Thank you so much, Angela. Um, I want to pick up on something that um, Eileen said earlier, and that is parenting adult children. Um Odette, have you got any insights on, on that? What, what do you share with some of the parents? Yes, I think it's, it's very important to give them the space to mature. So if they're in the university, you know, you let them decide the, the solution if they are going through problems. All you have to do is just active listen when they share with you, but be non-judgmental and just... Uh, Try to seek more of how they can speak more instead of controlling the, the communication mm-hmm. so that there's no strain in the communication. Remember, it's a long distance call or it's, it's something that they really want to initiate with you. So it's an excellent way to talk to college kids who are far away so that they're encouraged to speak more and share more with you in the future. So also being interested in their activities, you know, maybe you can request them to be to, to have a, you know, their university account, but not to monitor, but just so you can also have this conversation with them. You know, you understand where, which course subject that they're taking and, you know, finally what kind of major or degree they're really pursuing. And I think it's also good to, to show our love languages, send care packages, their favorite snacks, or just send uh, positive messages via text or memes or videos that you could laugh about together. And um, one important thing as adults, you know, you can be hired as a mentor or you can be hired as a consultant with regards to budgeting, choosing an apartment, or with their relationships with their girlfriends or boyfriends, you know, and they could, you know, having a fight with their dorm mates. So, so these are the things that um, you can really uh, show how much you appreciate their development and, and that not telling them what to do, but just be there to listen and, and, and be their sounding board. And I think it's, it's a good way to develop a, an adult kind of relationship with our children because we're transitioning our role as to be consultant mentors or adult. And, and that's when we become more appreciative of the, the, the relationship and the joy in parenting.
Yeah. What about the role of men in, in, in all of this? I mean, how, how do men navigate uh, big, you know, their new identity or their new role of being an empty nester? Uh, Odette, how did, how did your husband cope? I, I say this without gender. Those points that I mentioned also can be done by your spouse. Also, it could be male or female because you know which department your husband is good at. Then he can be the consultant of that area, you know, when it comes to choosing their first car, if they want to purchase a car or with apartment where perhaps you're more uh, familiar with the layout, you know, of the university or the community. So, so, so you will have to have that dynamics in the family that, you know, you share the things that you know, and you also have this contribution perhaps from the first child or uh, whoever is experiencing this. So you're working as a team. Remember, you're all part of a team. Yeah, I, I'm talking about sort of, you know, when men become empty nesters. I mean, you, you work with a lot of parents. How do they navigate that? And as as their partner, how should we support them when sometimes we frankly also need the support back? So yes, I mean, how, how does it work? Most men in my class are super happy. <laughs> to be empty nesters. <laughs> They don't have they, they they don't have to be bothered with a lot of activities during weekends. They're 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 able to sleep longer. <laughs> and they Freedom. <laughs> and they have, they're so excited with the projects that they like to you know pursue, but because they had to consider taking their kids or spending more time with their kids, so so they have more time with their friends and their sports and their hobbies. So I think that's it's actually a different way of saying it but again as i mentioned there could be some parents or fathers who are stay-at-home fathers that uh, also are missing their children so but majority in my class are, are super happy wow i was thinking most are like phil dunphy from modern family just you know couldn't let go when Haley had to go overseas <laughs> and took her and and just have that also uh, you know identity crisis even though that was his first daughter um and they sort of hide it secretly but uh, yeah maybe <laughs> maybe it's a misconception i have i think they also like to be able to connect um professionally with their adult children so like for, for my husband, he worked in finance, all three of our kids work in finance. So they can have these conversations now about how things are different or, you know, how things are, you know, what's similar or what's changed and they can get deep into the sort of professional talk. And which is, which is nice because I think for many years, it, it, the conversations really revolved more around sports and interests and hobbies, but now they have this added dimension, which is is about okay, what's happening in your work, and what is this company doing, and uh, and so that makes him feel connected as well and somewhat useful. <laughs> so, so I think that's another way that that dads sometimes tend to tend to cope. They you know they take an interest in oh, I'm going to look up the company that you're working for and find out this, or I'm going to mm. see what deals you've been doing recently, and and it gives them another point of connection. Yeah. How did how did Steve feel then when the boys left for college? Though did did he um, feel, you know, like you know maybe he had less hobbies than you, Karen? Yeah, I think he was sadder than I was. I, I was actually quite happy to sort of launch them because I felt like I think you guys are pretty well prepared. It's time for you to go out there and fight your own battles and you know learn how to swim without having daily support of telling you do it this way or do it that way because I know this works. 
And I think for him, he was a bit more like, oh, I really miss them. I really miss them being around. <laughs> so, and even now, I think he's the more emotional of us. Like he's, he's the one who's always like, oh, we haven't heard from the kids for a week. And, and I'm feeling, oh, that's okay. You know, that's normal. So he's, he, he's probably missing them more than, than I do. Um, and it, it's interesting because I felt like I was ready for the, kids to be independent and maybe that's because i spent so much time with them in those especially the teenage years because we we just did a lot of things together and i was doing things like spending hours by the side of a soccer field filming a game for 90 minutes you know for one of my kids and he's like oh i have another one tomorrow so i would do stuff like that and they all played music and i got i used to help them a lot with their their music and you know getting involved with that so for me, I was ready to sort of step back and say, you know how to do all these things now, so go off and do them. And I think for him, he he sort of felt like now is my chance to to connect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think we've had these slightly different feelings about not having kids around. Yeah. Yes, I think that's also a good question, Noreen, how do you continue communicating? Depends on the stage as well, because if the child is first year college and it's also fresh for the parent, you know, Sometimes connecting or communicating, is it the need of the child or is it the need of the parent? <laughs> so you have to support each other and be honest. Again, this is, you're not expected to transition immediately according to psychologists. You have your own pace and respect that. So in our case, since we've started only three months ago with our, la- our, our youngest child, we figured out a method of contact. You know, it could be once a week, every Sunday. So we tried to use Google Calendar because we have different time zones. And there was this time when our daughter was in another time zone. So we're working on three time zones. My child in the US, my daughter is in Europe, and we are in Asia. So so we have to have that ability to find a common time and what's convenient for for all for, for both as well. Maybe it's their lot the laundry day of my son, and that's the time that we could, you know, have a chat. So again, there is no black and white. It could be once a week, twice a week, depending on the year of the child. And, and depending if you have the urge, just call them. I think there's, there's, no, there's no black and white in saying if you call your child, you're not giving them the space to mature. I think it's, it's also being genuine and clear. Is it really my need to connect or is it my child who's needed right. to connect? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of cute. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Noreen, you were at my place and Aiden messaged me and he's like, Mom, do you have time to talk now or tomorrow mm-hmm. morning? And I said, sorry, I have some friends over right now. And tomorrow morning I have a workshop between nine and 12. And then he just sent me back this meme that was just like rolling eyes. (laughs) You're so busy, you don't even have time for me. (laughs) But it's it's really vital too, because when you want to support your child from afar, it's important to also guard their well-being as parents. I think it's it's very important. We just have to keep on call, yeah? You're not you're dropping everything. Yeah, yeah, you have your yeah. boundaries, you have your emotional health, your physical health, your spiritual health. So your need also for enriching your marriage with your spouse. So you need that time too, or relaxation. So because of different time zones, they tend to just call, but you're in the middle of sleep. So you have to be able to also communicate this if it's really emergency, of course. But ever since they left, our phone is switched on, you know, even in the evening because we're ready or any call that they make 
But that's very important as number one. We can support our children from afar if we're also looking after our well-being as parents. Yeah, And as parents, we do tend to drop everything to cater to their needs. Uh, My husband's best friend, Nick, once called my mother-in-law, so Andy's mom, in the middle of the night um, for the recipe for the chocolate chip cookies because she made the best one. (laughs) And because of the time difference, he was overseas. Um, She picked up and was like, oh, okay, is this what you're calling me for? And she got it for him. (laughs) She did, actually. And that wasn't yeah, even my husband said because I had been I had been upset because I'm like oh I haven't heard from them in a while and I'll say so call them I'm like oh but they're probably busy or that's why they're not calling he said if they're busy they won't pick up the phone and so then I did that if I was feeling like I hadn't spoken to them in a while or I wanted to I would call and he was right sometimes they would pick up and say mom I can't talk I'll call you later or they wouldn't pick up and say can't talk now but then when they could talk they would call. And so sometimes the stories we tell ourselves in our head, you know, don't, don't always, uh, don't always help us. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to share, I got the biggest compliment from my boys a few years ago when, uh, after all my finding myself kind of stuff, but they said, um, Oh mom, we were talking to each other and we said how nice it was that you're, you were going from being mom to being Eileen. And it was like, that for me was like the biggest compliment. So they notice right? They're not looking for you to just be sitting around pining away for them. You know, they want to see you as, as Eileen, right? As, as, as your own person. Yeah. As someone who they can tell their friends about, oh, my mom is, does this and she's interesting and she does all these things. I mean, I think Eileen, if you were to give any advice to, to um, impending empty nesters, what, what would it be? Impending empty nesters. Just, you know, and enjoy the moment while your kids are home, but, but figure out, you know, who you are and what, what you want to do after what's going to be your first steps. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, big plan that you're going to run a company or something, right? But what are you going to explore? What excites you? And just, you know, try to get to know yourself um, a little bit better and, and uh, what, you know, what gives you joy and what makes you curious. So don't lose sight of that. Yeah. Odette? What's your advice? I think the emptiness doesn't have to be empty unless you let it be. Fill it with other things. Yes. Yeah, fill it with hobbies, things that make you curious. I I really like what Eileen also shared, you know, what your friend shared with you about the three stages of Mm. transition, you know, and and I really hope for all our listeners, um, you know, you can be that tree in the springtime and, and, you know, and and what Odette said earlier, uh, fill your nest with with other things. And and Karen, you're the queen of hobbies. What's this? Stand up (laughs) paddleboarding, yoga, um, wake surfing, wakeboarding, drums. I don't know that the list goes on. A, a real inspiration. Um, I'm afraid we're out of time today. We could really dedicate another hour to this. But uh, meanwhile, I really want to say a big thank you to all our guests today. Uh, Odette for joining us and also Eileen uh, for being Eileen and being Odette and Karen for being Karen. And I look forward to more Agenda Cafes. Thank you so much for your sharing. Three wise ladies. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you once again, everyone. Thanks, Noreen. Thank you.